Welcome to the Breakfast Show with Lawson and Mon today. <laughs> right there, Lawson. Whoa! <laughs> you weren't ready for me screaming into the microphone, were you? No, I was, I was just chilling, you know, I was just having a good time. And I then think all you were of a sudden, three boom. Messages. Yeah. yeah, I was. Yeah. I was, yeah. but I was doing it quietly. Yeah. <laughs> and then I came in and blew you away. No, nah, it was good. You were being faithful to the messages because it says same with a loud voice. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And so there you go. Bam. <laughs> Make a great rendition. But of course, from Faith FM. <laughs> Right across Australia, right across, across the Faith FM, FM network, network. 87.6, 87.8, 88.88. Uh, you're listening to Delayed Broadcast Introduction, of course, good mm-hmm. people of the radio listening world. Uh, today it is Lawson and Mon in the studio filling in for Lyle, who has gone on his annual leave with wife mm-hmm. producer Shell on their magical adventure around the red centre of Australia, checking out the rocks and the trees and the lots and lots and lots of sand. Lots of sand, <laughs> lots of trees that uh-huh. hit you on the head and yeah. send you to hospital, <laughs> lots of stitches, lots of stitch-ups, yeah, yeah. lots of struggles. For those of you who don't know, that actually happened. Lyle did uh, get into a tussle with a tree and the tree won. Yeah. And Lyle spent the second day of their you know, wonderful trip. It was payback for deforestation, yeah. essentially. <laughs> Let's not accuse Lyle of too many things. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was just trying to source some firewood and, uh, and uh, a tr- branch fell on his noggin. Oh, and, not good. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm actually still wondering whether or not they shaved his head because they had to shave a little patch to put the stitches in where the gash was. Yeah. And they were debating whether or not just to go the whole oh, over or to like do the coma and do a Donald Trump. Shave it, man. Yeah, that's what I said. I said, just shave it, Lyle. You, you're out in the bush anyway for like who knows how long. Just go full bush. Just shave yes. it off. Yes. Yes. You're not showering for like week, a week on an end. So, you know. They just had their first shower, by the way. <sighs> they messaged me last night since they've left. They've already just had their first shower. And I'm like, Kinda dude, wanna throw up it's been like four or five days. That's disgusting. <laughs> I hope they have lots of Dio. <laughs> I would I would happily go camping anywhere for for it doesn't matter how long of a space of time as long as you can promise me there's some form of shower involved. Uh-huh. I don't care if it's like one of those little pop up showers attached to the side of a, a vehicle. What if or it's something. a lake? That's fine too. Yeah. But it's got to be like a really clean lake. A really clean. Well, it's got to be one that I can leave. And no, well, not really, because I, I need to be like leaving waste behind. Like my shampoo suds. I don't want to be like putting shampoo in the lake. But you don't that wash seems- your hair when you're camping. Uh, yeah, that's the entire point of me having a shower. Okay. Yeah. No, I need to be able to do like full deep clean. Man, maintenance. There you twice go. Twice a day. There you go. I just want to ask you something. Yeah. Um, how do people get back to the not delayed broadcast? Because oh, they're okay. listening to the delayed broadcast. Yeah. If they, if they want to jump across to the live show, it is actually pretty easy. They have multiple ways of doing it. You can go to our website, which is faithfm.com.au, and you can just press play on the live stream and you'll, you see, boom, it's the live show. Or you can download the TuneIn app and listen to Faith FM Australia. Just search for us there. Um, or you can give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, and ask us how to get the live show out to your area. Mm. But stay tuned. Great show coming up right for you now. Early in the morning, about the break of day, I ask the Lord, help me find a way, help me find a way, to the promised land, this lonely body needs a helping hand, I ask the Lord to help me please find a way, when the new day is a dawn, Guide me safely to the golden stair. Would you let this body go? 
judgment come Find the world in shame When the trumpet blows Won't you call my name Won't you call my name When the thunder rolls And the heavens rain When the sun turns black Never shine again Never shine again When the trumpet blows Won't you call me please Call my name Yeah, Mate, yeah. Yes. What a way to wake up. What a way to start the morning. You know what? Well, I was just thinking, we should do a live rendition of that song. Well, I'll clap and you can sing. I don't sing. You don't sing? Nah. Ja- don't producer do. Jasmine sings. Maybe she, she can does. jump on with us. And- Maybe we should do it when, when Shell gets back because producer Shell sings as well. Oh, yes. Because Peter, Paul and Mary can be Lawson, Jazz and Shell. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, like oh, I am so keen. I'm going to start practicing. I'm going to get this down. you got to get your guitar. You can play the guitar, right? Oh, dude. I'm play the guitar all day. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Just learn that song. That'd be amazing because I love that song. It's one of my favorite tunes. It's a really great one to wake up with. Look at you squirting orange everywhere. I don't know what I like how you're like, I like how I give you an orange and you're like, do you know what? I'll wait till radio starts before I start peeling that. And I like how you've like finished peeling it during the song, but you're like, nah, I'll wait till we're back on air before I actually starts to get in my mouth. So you couldn't you couldn't pick worse timing. I just needed that citrusy taste. And now you're schmutzing into the microphone. I don't know what you're talking about. Schmutzing is, there's no word for it in English, but it is a, like the ultimate pet peeve of mine. It's that noise you make when you chew with your mouth open. That. Oh. I wasn't doing that. Makes me bones hurt. I hate it. Rattles me bones. Yes. Do we have a first we do cri- have quiz a, clue? We do have a quiz clue. It is time for us to wake up. It is time for us to get our brain wake up. It is Stand Monday up. morning. Song, come on. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> it's Monday morning, and uh, and guess what, Lawson? Yeah, this clue, this quiz is a hard one. Hard. No one. mercy this morning. The weather, the weather was having no mercy on me this morning, so I'm not having mercy on anyone else. It was wow. raining buckets as wow. I left the house. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, have, have you read that verse forward. where it says, you know, someone, you know, slaps you, turn the other cheek, you know, and slap everyone else? Yeah. 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 Well, no, no, no. That's not what I said. <laughs> okay. Okay. You ready for this? Yeah. This is a what city am I quiz, and it's a hard one. Is it Newcastle? It's not Newcastle. Okay. It was here that Joshua set up 12 stones from the River Jordan as a memorial. Mm, give us a call if you know who that is. Well, what city that is. You look so confused right now. I've re- I read this story like a couple weeks ago. And, you, and you've forgotten it. Yeah. That's too bad, Lawson. Yeah, the 12 stones represented the 12 tribes of Israel. Yeah, no, not surprisingly. Yeah. So I'll give it I'll give it to you again. What city am I? It was here that Joshua Joshua. Joshua. <laughs> it was here that Joshua set up twelve stones from the River Jordan as a memorial. So give us a call if you know who that is, and if you can tell me before Lawson tells me, I'ma slip you two prizes. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take a stab in the dark. Take a stab in the dark, you're wrong. Yeah. Okay. I can already see what you're trying to write down, but you're wrong. No, you don't. Give us a call. The prize this morning, by the way, by the way, good people of radio is a book called Exodus, The Great Deliverance by E.G. White. So it's a really fantastic story um, all about the um, the Exodus, I guess. Yeah, the, when, the, when the children of Israel were um, emancipated from their mm. slavery in Egypt and God led them out of uh, that land 
and into the desert to start their wilderness experience. And uh, incredible story, of course, you know, the 10 plagues and how they came through the Red Sea and just... It's just, got an awesome cover just too. Just amazing, yeah, yeah. How good is that photo? It's one of my favourite pieces of artwork is anything depicting the party of the Red Sea always just inspires me hugely. Yeah. yeah. Like, yes. We actually have a painting that hangs in our studio that depicts the parting of the Red Sea. And I love it. You love it? Every time you walk in in the morning, you're like, wow. Yeah. That, yeah. That's my guy. I think because when I was a little kid, I remember there was like a, a book I was reading, like a little kid's book, and mm. it had a had like um, the party of the Red Sea in it. You could see the whales and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was just so cool. It really spiked my imagination. Oof. Well, there you go. What's what's happening? Give us some positively different some, news. I have got some really good uh, news for you, Lawson, oh, and I'm for keen. anyone listening. This is incredible, right? Um, they have done what is now uh, the largest study ever in no. history on the benefits of spending time in nature. Okay. Yep. Yeah, this is incredible because it's now they can it's now quantitative. So what they did was they got twenty thousand people mm-hmm. in England. That's a huge study, uh, and they studied them at the University of Exeter at the uh, National Institute for Health Research, which is in the UK. Mm-hmm. And they found that people who spend at least one hundred and twenty minutes, so two hours, visiting natural settings such as park, town parks, woodlands, and beaches per week are significantly more likely to have good health and higher psychological well-being than those who aren't surrounded by nature at all during an average week. This is this is just phenomenal because, you know, at, at such a large-scale study, they can now really prescribe it. They've already started prescribing, like, like, like we called it, we, did this, we talked about this before on air, we talked about it as a nature pill, mm-hmm. um, but this is the result of the largest study ever done on it. And... Uh, it, this and this is great because it found that it didn't matter whether the 120 minutes was achieved in a single visit or over several shorter. Oh visits. wow! So That's the like, one that I was wondering. Like, is it like a five minute a day kind of thing? Yeah, you or? can do it incrementally mm. as long as you get at least like a minimum of 120 minutes a week. Mm. You can get the health benefits from being out in nature. Yeah, um, because some people are like you know two hours. I don't have two hours in a block. I only have like smaller chunks. That's fine. Just do it in your chunks. That's fine. It also, awesome. it also found, right, this is cool, that this 120-minute uh, threshold applied to both men and women, to older and younger adults, from different occupations, different ethnic groups, um, from people living in rich areas and poor areas, and from people with, with long-term illnesses or disabilities. Like, it literally, like, it made no difference whatsoever, any of the variables. If you were a human, basically, whatever kind of human you were, you could get the health benefits of being out in nature. So you're telling me, Monica Galesh, yes, that spending time mm-hmm. in God's creation mm-hmm. versus spending time in man's creation mm-hmm. is actually better for you. And we have quantitative analysis to agree with us. Yes. Wow. There you go. <laughs> hmm. Well, what do you say like that? Kind Interesting. Of just, <laughs> just makes it sound no brainer. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but so so Dr. Matt White, who led the research there at the University of Exeter Medical School, said it's well known that getting outdoors in nature can be good for people's health and well-being, but until now we've not been able to say how much is enough. But this is a bit like drinking two liters of water a day. Mm-hmm. Two liters is like the minimum you need to survive. And two hours a week is the minimum you need to survive um, with nature. So I would definitely recommend getting out more than just two hours a, two hours a week. I recommend that I should drink more water. How, like, how much water do you drink? Not two litres. Dude. You're like, are you disappointed in me? Well, it actually, it actually explains a lot about you. Oh, wow. Sorry, mum. 
<laughs> First of all, I'm not your mother. And um, I meant like in a physical sense. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ouch. Anyways. <laughs> Are you offended now? <laughs> Kinda. What's next? <laughs> anyway, I do want to challenge. Tears. Before we move on from that, I do want to challenge people to try and spend mm, um, two 100%. hours a day. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what life circumstances you're going through. It can, it reduces st- uh, stress. If you do it with somebody, apparently the benefits are like manifold because, uh, you not only get out in nature, but you're also spending quality time with friends and family. So if you go with someone, it's just like so much, it's like just even better for you. Um, but you can actually have a look at this paper and just read about all the, all the amazing benefits for you. Yeah, no, that would... Uh, excuse me. I Like, I'm honestly, like, I'm, I'm just ready. I'm ready to go yeah, outside. Just, just Google it. I'm ready to run through a sunflower field. Oh, you and me both. And lay down. Yeah, You know, yeah. in the sunflower field. No, I feel like that would kind of hurt. More like, like a canola field. Oh, like a daisy. Daisy, daisy field. field. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready to run through them and lay down and frolic. So, have a look woods. at this paper, good listeners. The, the paper is called Spending at Least 120 Minutes... A week in nature is associated with good health and well-being. That's the name of the paper. It's published in the um, scientific reports, mm. and uh, so jump online, have a look at that. Um, but this is uh, like the best thing about this is that these findings actually offer like really valuable support to health mm-hmm. practitioners in making recommendations about. I hope that guy gets a PhD nature. for that. He already has one. He's a doctor. Uh. You meant like a Nobel Peace Prize, right? Yeah. yeah. No. Well, I I was hoping like if he didn't have a PhD, he gets a PhD, and I hope he gets some kind of recognition. Yeah, I think us talking about him on the radio is recognition. Yeah, there. shout out that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dr. Matt White. Anyway, another little cute story. Lawson, you're single, right? Oh, yeah. Turns out statistically one of the best places you can meet a future spouse is at dog rescue centres. Dog rescue centres. Dog rescue centres. So apparently uh, dog rescue centres are reporting that many couples have been matched up, single people going to, uh, to dog rescue centres to like adopt a dog. Uh, so they find like they're already both interested in dogs, right? And then they're both doing charitable work. So they're sort of, you know, in a good mind frame. And then before you know it, bada bing, bada boom, wedding bells are ringing. I feel like that's not quantitative. <laughs> I feel you like want that's some scientific evidence. Well, you can jump on. You can jump on uh, Facebook and check out. There's one in Scotland where they've actually started posting pictures of all the different couples that have gotten together. Where often the dogs are the gr- are the, uh, the groomsmen and the bridesmaid. <laughs> cute. So cute. Read and heard a story from the blessed old book How the walls of Jericho, the people marched around, and when the trumpet sounded, how the mighty walls shook. Walls around the city came a tumbling down The Lord delivered Daniel from the hungry lion's den He rolled the waters back before old Moses and his men He led the people out of Egypt's bondage and its sin The Lord, he calmed the ocean and the mighty winds that blew He saved the Hebrew children from the fiery furnace too He rose up from the grave just like the prophet said he'd do Never will forsake us, matter not what may come Safely he will lead his faithful children on home. The Lord's a brother Jonah gonna in of a land, but he disobeyed the Lord by hiding away. Then Jonah got converted to obey the command. 
From the way the Lord delivered him on that day The Lord delivered Daniel from the hungry lion's den He rolled the waters back before all Moses and his men He led the people out of Egypt's bondage and its sin The Lord, he calmed the ocean and the mighty winds that blew He saved the Hebrew children from the fiery furnace too He rose up from the grave just like the prophet said he'd do Never will forsake us, matter not what may come Safely he will lead his faithful children on home. The Lord has raised the dead and caused the blinded to see. Cleanse the leper spots and turn the water to wine. The Lord's the same today and now forever will be. There's no other power like the Savior divine. The Lord delivered Daniel from the hungry lion's den. He rolled the waters back before all Moses and his men. He led the people out of Egypt's bondage and its sin. The Lord, he calmed the ocean and the mighty winds that blew. He saved the Hebrew children from the fiery furnace too. He rose up from the grave just like the prophet said he do. Never will forsake us, matter not what may come. Safely he will lead his faithful children on home. Cheesy tunes this morning oh, with Vocal Union. Yes. <laughs> Vocal Union with He Will Lead His Children Home. You know how many Bible stories that just went over? No. It's like Daniel and Moses and Joshua and just, man, that was amazing. It's just, oh, oh, oh. Should have written them all down. Producer Jazz just out here, just bringing us, serving us the bangers. The bangers, dude. Yeah. Uh, speaking of bangers, I've got another banger of a clue for you. Oh, yeah, Wilson. I'm keen. I'm keen. Let's do this. This is a What City, what city Am I quiz, mm-hmm. a really, really hard one this morning. Um, so clue number two this is where Elisha cured a pot of poisonous stew. Speaking of poisonous stew, this morning I have this really weird craving for brown lentils. Wait, okay, hold on. I'm going to write the first letter and tell me if it's correct. I'm pretty sure it is correct, but the thing is I can't even read what writing that is. Your handwriting is atrocious. Yeah, I, yeah. if that's the letter I think it is, then yes, it is correct. Don't look at the card, you little cheater. I saw you trying to sneak a peek just then. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Don't whatever. accuse the brethren. Okay. Oh, you What's know happening around the world, Lawson? Oh, yeah. What's happening around the world? Lots of different things. We're going to start in Australia. And they're going to move out and out and out. You know how the Great Commission, you know, Jerusalem, <laughs> Samaria, Judea, mm-hmm. and the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. We're going to start Straya, then the rest of the world. So <laughs> 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 New Zealand, well, Australasia. Actually, actually, we're going to start. We're going to start New South Wales. Oh, cool! Because they absolutely thrashed. Thrash the Maroons last night. The Blues in the NRL state of origin absolutely destroyed the Maroons. And if you ask me what I was thankful for this morning, which it's you know it's all right, we didn't have time to do it, but I would have said this: that basically last night I went and watched the game at a friend's house, and it was like it was good good times, you know. Except I was in a bit of a pickle of a predicament because last night, well yesterday. I went to the surf shop with a friend of mine, and while I was at that surf shop, they were buying a wetsuit, and I was like, wow, there's this really awesome beanie that's really soft and really nice. I can't wait to put it on my head and wear it, because it's so soft and nice. But I, unfortunately, I bought it on the one day which was inappropriate to buy this beanie, because it is a maroon beanie. 
And so I rocked up to this house in my new beanie. I'm like, man, I'm styling on everyone. I feel so good about myself. This beanie's so soft to my head. It's keeping my little noggin warm and keeping my little ears warm, you know. And all of a sudden, everyone's like, what are you, some kind of Maroons supporter? And I'm like, no, 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 you guys, you don't understand. I just bought this beanie. Luckily, I was wearing a a blue shirt, so I just took my jumper off. Then I started making these jokes about... You know, oh, if Blues are losing by halftime, I'll put my jumper back on so no one can tell that I'm a Blues fan. But then I was like, wow, I sound like someone who's really unpatriotic, even though I'm really patriotic. So, anyways, had a good night last night. The Blues won. It was awesome. 36 to 6. That's, like, incredible. I have almost no idea what you're talking about, apart from what a beanie is. Wow. Okay, moving on. Uh, We're going (laughs) to talk about some around the world news. I thought that whole State of Origin thing was over. No, no, no. There's three games. It's a three-game series. So, Queensland won the first one. New South Wales just won the second one. So, it's going to be going to go to the third round. Um, but check this out. Let's let's see what's what's going on around the world. Well, hey, Mon, remember that time we went to Africa? Yes. We went to Ethiopia? Yes. It was a pretty nice place. Like, well. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like, I never really felt nervous, you know, for my mm-hmm. life. I never really... Like felt, you know, and there's been places where I, I, I've traveled a, a, a little bit, you know, I've been to, I think maybe 20 countries now mm-hmm. and there's been times where I'm like, okay, I'm pretty nervous right now. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I've been to some dodgy places in the Philippines mm-hmm. where I was like, okay, this is like, like I can't go outside when it gets dark and stuff. Whereas in, in Ethiopia, I felt really safe. Like, Yeah, I mean... I know that you really enjoyed it, but for me, like, I've been to 43 countries, and, yeah. and I hate to say it, but Ethiopia was by far the worst, but as an experience on a whole. But in terms of safety, I've, I think the most unsafe I've ever felt was uh, one time when I was in Los Angeles. So, America is actually probably the place where I felt yeah. the most unsafe. But yeah, Ethiopia didn't feel too unsafe. Yeah. It felt yeah, yeah. pretty chill. I mean, a bit different for a woman. I did have a couple of incidences there, but... Okay. Yeah, still. Yeah. Well, for me, being a dude, I was like, yep, this is chill, this is great, having a good time. Well, um, a couple of hours ago, a story just broke um, that a coup attempt in Ethiopia was thwarted, um, but the regional president um, and military chief have been killed. That's crazy. Um Fortunately, not for uh, not for the Ethiopians, but for us, if you know this kind of thing was going on when we were over there, it happened in the Amhara region, which is where the capital Addis Ababa is. Of course, we weren't in Amhara or Addis Ababa. We, no, we passed through it. That's we, where we landed. That's where we landed, but we were spending most of our time in the Sadama region in Hawassa. But yeah, this is a yeah, crazy. Story. I did spend two nights in that in that region. Oh, talking about. okay. Um, but yeah, it's 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 you know when stuff like that happens after you've just left a country, it does make you just so grateful for, to God because you can imagine, you know, had that coup been a bigger issue, mm. you know, and the government changed, like stuff could have really gone gone wary for travelers, like you're yeah. getting stuck, laws suddenly changing, breakdown of you know of of infrastructure and yeah. laws and so. Oh. Could have been terrible. So, well, actually, the the internet in the entire Amhara region has been shut off. Ooh, that's not good. So that wouldn't have been good for us if we were there. But, um, yeah, this is actually, you know, it's getting pretty crazy. But apparently the coup attempt has been thwarted. There is, uh, you know, no one is making efforts anymore to try and start a revolt. And it's, you know, safening up and they're getting a control of the situation. Um but it's just interesting. It's actually really like it's kind of like a movie type story. Like the the bodyguard of the chief of the military um, turned on his 
on his superior and like took him out. And I was like, man, that's crazy. But yeah, it's good that we're not there. But unfortunately, this is pretty saddening and it's just sort of showing the the state of affairs the, in Ethiopia. Was the bodyguard stopping his boss from doing the coup or was his bodyguard like trying to do the coup? No, no. The, the bodyguard was trying to start the coup. Oh, okay, okay. Like he was part of the people who wanted the coup. Oh, and sad. that's why he, he, he killed. Um, he was the, the bodyguard for the military chief of... Ethiopia. Yeah, that's terrible. And took him out. So that's a really unfortunate situation. Um, but man, it's actually, you know, that got me thinking about Ethiopia. I've been thinking about Ethiopia and what was, you know, what are the, some of the crazy things that are happening while, while we were there? Of course, I talked last week about the whole plane thing, the, the Max 8 737. We know that Ethiopian Airlines plane that crashed and, and all this thing that's going on. Well, this, this is a story that broke um, yesterday. This is crazy. Boeing, um, of course, probably the worst company to work for at the moment because, you know, of, you know, if you're in the PR department, you'd be working like 100 million hours a week. And if you're in any other department, um, you'd have such high levels of job insecurity because of all the bad yeah. press they're getting. Like, honestly, this, they're just struggling and struggling. They are just limping right now. Boeing. So, Boeing have just been hit with a class action lawsuit from 400 plane pilots. What? Saying that there is currently like a conspiracy, a mass cover-up about these 737 MAX planes. Of course, last week I talked about how um, the parent group of British Airways has ordered another 100 737 MAX 8s. Um, and we would, I was talking about like, oh, you know, yeah. I was asking, you know, the, 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 the audience and I was asking you, what's your confidence to go and drive one of those, you know, because if they're just ordering them, well, apparently they're okay with it. Well, actually, no, they're not okay with it in terms of the people who are actually driving the planes. Yeah, people who control. Look, if 400 pilots are swing boing over the Max 8s, there is no way I will ever set foot on a Max 8. Dude, it's crazy. Like, um, you know. Of course, this has just been such a huge debacle for Boeing, for everyone. Um, you know, using examples such as, you know, Norwegian Air is currently being compensated by Boeing for not being able to use their planes. Like, Boeing is just bleeding money. Like, I don't understand why they just lay the design to rest and be like, look, like, like, like Concord, do you know what? You know, people don't trust it anymore. Let's just. Yeah. Just be done with it, dust our hands and, and do something else. Yeah. Why but, are they trying to resurrect it? It's just, oh, it's insane. But it's pretty crazy. So the, the person who, the, the original plaintiff <laughs> of this lawsuit, um, who chose to remain anonymous because, of course, you know, he's, he's fearing for his job security mm. as a pilot. Mm. Um, he doesn't want to be discriminated against for, you know, being the guy who blew the whistle on Boeing. But, yeah, he has just released this statement and, and 400 of his colleagues, um, fellow pilots, have, have signed up to that. And it's just, it's just gnarly. It's just like... Get your head in the game, Boeing. Like, what is going on? Like, we... But I think, you know, this is just worse for the consumer. Ultimately, prices are going to go up and it's going to be a struggle for everyone. But, hey, such is life, you know. Don't go flying anytime soon, I guess. This is BJ Thomas, where, where no one stands alone. And followed with David Stojic, a wonderful interview with, with him. Once I stood in the night with my head Bound low in the darkness as black 
as could be And my heart felt alone And I cried, oh Lord Don't hide your face from me Hold my hand all the way Every hour, every day From here to the grave unknown Take my hand Let me stand Where no one stands Like a king, I may live in a palace so tall With great riches to call my own But I don't know a thing in this whole wide world that's worth Than being alone Hold my hand all the way Every hour Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right across Australia. Joining us in the studio this morning is David Stojic, and even though I'm I'm not actually here at the moment, I'm gone. (laughs) No, we're pre-recording this one. But, uh, yeah, very, very special welcome to uh, David Stojic, Pastor David Stojic. We did start a two-part series on sexual purity that was aimed at young people and single adults. Today we're going to talk about marriage fidelity. That's right. Uh, it's a very, very relevant topic here in Australia. We have nearly 50,000 marriages every year that end up in divorce. Now, we don't have information on how many of those divorces are due to infidelity, but it's more than likely that quite a few of those marriage breakdowns would have been caused by infidelity. That's right. Uh, when we as ministers conduct weddings, uh, Lyle, we ask the couple, to exchange marriage vows and they promised that they would forsake all others and that they would love and cherish each other for the rest of their life uh, until death 
do us part, uh, as we say it. Uh, so in our pastoral calling, uh, we see some marriages fall apart, and some, by God's grace, we can bring back from the brink of an abyss uh, through, through counseling and a lot of prayer and spiritual support. Yeah, and I think it's important to... Um to repeat that marriage breakdown is not always caused by sexual infidelity. That's right. Um, usually sexu- sexual infidelity happens a long while after the marriage has been seriously damaged through a number of things, including lack of trust and commitment. So let's talk about um, some of the causes. All right. So, so the causes for, for, for uh, sexual infidelity, or, or, or we also call it adultery, yeah, uh, uh, so, so really, when we when we think about adultery or or sexual infidelity, it's it's absolutely devastating to a marriage. Um, there are many reasons why sex happens, or many causes, as you just pointed out, outside of marriage. Some people get trapped in affairs to give a conscious or subconscious wake up call to to, to the spouse. <laughs> totally wrong way of dealing with issues, isn't it? Uh, this may uh, might happen if if um, say one spouse has a different kind of lover. Uh, outside of the marriage. And I, I put this different kind of lover, uh, quote-unquote, so to say, such as consuming career. Uh, another reason some people, uh, obviously, they, 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 they spend all their times, uh, you know, doing their, 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 their work and, and not much really paying attention to their marriage. Another reason some people get wrapped up in affairs is to inflate a bruised ego. Believe it or not, you know, so, so, so they need that type of a, they think that they need that type of a, <laughs> a boost. A boost. Uh, so, so, um, another way is, you know, some people may think that they, that they want to get back at their spouse uh, for something uh, he or she did uh, that hurt them rather than offering forgiveness and dealing with the, with the root issue. So, okay, I'll get back to you, uh, at you, and, and, and this is how I do that. Uh, I know of a situation where actually this, this uh, had happened. Um, and uh, you might know of, of, of similar situation to yourself, getting back at, at, at the spouse uh, through this kind of uh, a way, because it hurts, it hurts the most. And so one partner cheat and the other uh, would never do it otherwise. For instance, this is how it happens sometimes. One of the partners cheats and the other who otherwise wouldn't do it ever to get back at them and say, okay, I'll give you a bit of your own medicine. They actually do the same thing. Mm, and, and, and disaster, you know, so, 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 and then also there are friendships. That, that get out of control where one thing leads to another because, you know, sometimes people may be good friends with the, with the, with somebody, family friends of the opposite gender, you know, sometimes in their marriages, maybe they're drifting apart and all of a sudden uh, a man finds himself confiding in, in a female friend when he cannot actually have this open communication with his wife. You know, and they become, they start actually sharing information that really don't belong to that kind of relationship. One thing can lead to another and, you know, it can end up in, 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 in actually sexual infidelity or adultery. Sure. Just a, just a question off the cuff. Do we have any um, research on the impact that online pornography is happen, having on infidelity in, in marriages? Because you would think that, you know, with the, with the level of addiction that there is out there today and the number of men that use that, that that would be having an impact as well. Uh, well, 
Look, we, we, if you remember, some time ago we actually did a presentation on, on, on pornography and what issue it, it actually presents to, to relationships. Strangely enough, actually, uh, pornography, uh, the, the use of pornography, instead of, of, um, of boosting one's sex life, actually it's diminishing its sex life and, 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 and making sexual performance uh, lesser rather than bigger. Mm. However, planting certain thoughts in, in one's mind as, as people look at those images may cause them to desire or to think that maybe somebody else outside of their marriage would be able to gratify them and fulfill their needs, quote-unquote, in a better way than actually their spouse. So there would be a definitely a possibility that pornography could lead. Be, actually, pornography is a form of adultery. Full mm. stop. Yeah, well, this is true. This <laughs> you is know, true. So, yeah. so that in itself is is a form of sexual infidelity. But it can also lead. I would say definitely, it can lead to um, maybe experimenting or trying to fulfill those sexual desires outside of marriage. Because For if sure. we, if we have done it already in our mind, what would stop us from doing it with our body as well? Okay, so uh, obviously, um, you know, church members are not exempt from these kind of temptations. Um, things happen, friendships get out of control, um, you know, people might work together, um, they start confiding in each other, some rationalize that they're infidelity, they're infidelity by thinking and saying that their spouse is no longer meeting their needs. <laughs> yeah, we've just kind of touched on that. Um, uh, that is sometimes offered as an excuse for infidelity. And they say that their spouse doesn't, spouse doesn't live up to their expectations anymore. And the problem is that they know their spouse's good and bad qualities uh, or sides, while they may not know those of, of um, the other partner because they don't know him or her very well. Uh, I just would like to say here, um, Lyle, I've been talking to some people uh, who have confided in me. And they were both on, the, on their second marriage. And, and uh, I know, you know these people well, you know, in, in one of the instances, Unfortunately, sexual infidelity happened with that first first marriage, and so so they they were you know um, in their on their second marriage, they did not realize that actually their current spouse also has issues and and qualities that they did not appreciate. So basically, they said this to me: if I hanged on in my first marriage and worked on my issues, you know, um, I would have been better off. So, 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 so in a moment, moment of honesty, people actually said, yeah, look, you know, um, uh, we sometimes think that somebody else out there might be more desirable. But in essence, when they get to know that person, that person is not as desirable as they thought originally that, that person mm. would be. Yeah, we all, have our, uh, <laughs> we all have our own brokenness that we bring to our relationships. Very much so. Okay, so what does the Bible say about sexual infidelity? Ah, uh, the Bible is is full of it, <laughs> full of, of of examples of of sexual infidelity, but also a lot of counsel for it. And am I glad that actually the Bible is dealing? And are you glad mm-hmm. as a minister? The Bible is not concealing anything; it's very clearly speaking and portraying the issues. So, infidelity there are probably probably few things that bring more heartache heartache to a relationships than this one, and God knew that, and so that's why He addresses it. That's right. So, infidelity or adultery is one of the most frequent and severely condemned sins in the Bible. Adultery is mentioned 52 times, including in the Ten Commandments, all four Gospels, and ten other books of the Bible. Only the sins of idolatry, 
self-righteousness and murder are mentioned more often wow. than, than actually uh, than um, sexual infidelity or adultery. Okay, so the God of the Bible definitely condemns adultery. It looks like the New Testament is going beyond the physical act of adultery and goes right into peop- into the thoughts of a person. Um, the thoughts that, given an opportunity, would lead to the physical act of adultery, and sort of comes back to uh, you know what we were talking about earlier about uh, pornography. But maybe we will have to come back and talk about that in the in the next section.
Okay, so before the break, we were talking about how that you know God condemns adultery and um, sexual infidelity uh, very, very clearly in a lot of places in the Bible, and even talks about things that are beyond just the physical act. That's you right. Know, emotional adultery and you know lustful like thoughts, lustful and, thoughts, yeah. all of that kind of thing. So yes, in the Old Testament, adultery uh, was understood as sexual relations between a married or betrothed woman and, and man, other than her husband. Uh, it was therefore a sin, so, so the son could say, against the husband, also against God, for, for sure. Uh, I guess this was uh, reflecting the prevalent patriarchal worldview uh, a little bit. In the New Testament, Jesus extended uh, the definition of adultery to include sexual relations between a married man and a woman other than his wife. Uh, so, so Jesus said also in Mark 10, 11 and verses 11 and 12, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. You know, and, and he actually really elaborates significantly uh, on, on, on actually what constitutes adultery or, or sexual infidelity. In Matthew 5, 27, 28, he says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So there you have it. Those who are involved are, are, are engaged in, in pornography or fantasizing in their own heads, even if there is no pornography involved about some other, um, woman or a man, um, they, according to Jesus, clearly are committing an act of sexual infidelity. Strong words. Strong. Very strong words that we have there from Jesus. Okay, people wonder, often wonder if an, if an exception is allowed in cases where the spouse cannot or will not have sex or if the couple is separated for other reasons. However, the Bible doesn't mention any exceptions. Um, therefore, as long as a couple is legally married, sex with anyone else is considered adultery. Yeah, the Bible mentions that adultery is, is grounds for divorce, but does not require it. So that's, that's a very, very kind of a significant uh, thing to, to kind of keep in mind. It is grounds for divorce, but does not require it. In many cases, the husband and wife can be reconciled. And the marriage saved after adultery uh, or that sexual infidelity. It is not a sin to continue to live with, uh, with and have sex with a spouse who has committed sexual infidelity or adultery. I know of a few cases, uh, Lyle, mm-hmm. where one or both spouses have been involved in extramarital sex- sexual relationships. And by God's grace, they have managed to salvage their mar- marriage. They, they have been unfaithful. Both of them. And yet they managed to salvage it. In fact, uh, in a few cases that I'm aware of, um, their marriage had become even stronger than it had been before. Not that we would recommend this as a way. (laughs) This is by the grace of God because both of them have experienced a genuine conversion. Yes. And that's the key thing. Mm -hmm. I would never imply or insinuate, (laughs) let's try it and let's make our marriage stronger. No, not at all. It's a rare rare circumstance when something like that happens. Very much so, yes. 
Okay, what, so what are some of the things that they uh, did that made reconciliation possible? What, you know, why some couples can recover from be- the betrayal of trust and commitment and others can't? Okay, before I attempt answering this question, allow me to say just a bit long, uh, stay a bit longer uh, with, the, with the causes of marriage infidelity. Uh, while there are a number of reasons for infidelity, the majority of the cases occur uh, uh, because of a need to be emotionally connected. So sex is not just about physical act. It's, 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 it's a way to be emotionally connected in a very profound way. Human beings have a deep-rooted need to be wanted, needed, and understood. And so ideally this need is met in a marital relationship. However, if the need is not met, a spouse may look for emotional or physical fulfillment elsewhere, which results in marital infidelity. God designed sex to be enjoyed within a, a committed marital relationship. And when it is removed from that context, it not only per- perverts its use, but also limits its enjoyment. So sex involves a level of intimacy that's not possible in any other human relationship. When God brought Adam and Eve together in marriage, he established the one flesh relationship, that concept of one flesh. And so, so, so really, when people go, many people go for, for that uh, uh, relationship outside of their marriage, they're not just looking for sex. They're looking for that connectedness that was meant to be in their marriage. I'm not justifying here. I'm just explaining sure. what, what, what yeah. actually drives some people to actually uh, get to that situation. Mm, mm, mm. And so if you're being tempted that particular direction, then... Look at the reasons why you don't have that connectedness exactly. in, in the relationship. That's you know, right. The, the Bible tells us that you know, a man should leave his family, join his wife, they become one flesh. You know, that idea is carried through the whole New Testament as well. And uh, you know, Paul expands on that idea in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 through 20, where he says, He says that when, uh, well, so he says that when a man has sex with a prostitute, they become one body. It's clear here that you know sex is not simply a biological function. There's something very, exactly. very strong emotional bond exactly. here as well. Exactly. So, so people who are going to prostitutes, you know, they want. It's not just about physical act. They may think it is, but they want to experience something else, some some connectedness that they have not, unfortunately, had, you know, in their marriage. So, not not justifying it, just mm-hmm. kind of emphasizing when it comes to sexual pleasure. In the Bible, it is often spoken of in the context of marriage. There are some Christians that feel that the only reason, and I think I elaborated on that a little bit, you know, in in, in previous kind of uh, talks mm-hmm. uh, on 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 um, you know when we're talking about sexual purity. Unfortunately, due to the influence of Augustine of of uh, Hippo or Hypo, you know, from from uh, today's Italy, uh, <laughs> and he was originally from North Africa. Uh, some people believe that sex was only meant for the um, for the procreation, but really, really, as we've said, uh, that's not really the only reason why God gave us the gift of of sex. Uh, so uh, it's it's um, uh, it actually includes that involves the ultimate joining of a married man and woman, joining their two spirits, joining their two minds and joining their two bodies. So the Bible is not explicit on sex practices between married people. 
uh, doesn't have, kind of have a manual how to do it. <laughs> but in Hebrews 13.4, we are told that the marriage bed is to be undefiled, which probably implies that the marriage bed should not be defiled by someone who is not a part of the marriage covenant between one man and one woman. Mm. Now, in the Old Testament, the term for sexual intercourse is to know a husband and wife. You, you know that person. That's right. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that. It's, an <laughs> it's an interesting way of describing it. Uh, the most intimate knowledge of a partner you know, really comes through this joining. Rather than you know, prohibiting sexual pleasure, the Bible shows that it's a gift from God and should not be applied you know, outside of the uh, context of marriage. It's important to remember that marital, marital infidelity, let me get my tongue around this, marital infidelity or adultery like all sins can be forgiven. That's right. Um, so let's go back to that question we posed before, why some couples can salvage their marriage following adultery and others can't. Well, a great question. The adulterer or adulteress is not beyond the reach of God's grace. Uh, neither is their marriage partner. God can soften both hearts. I've seen it, Lyle. I'm sure you have seen that too. As the sinner repents and God forgives, the betrayed partner is also obliged to forgive. Forgiveness is not, forgiveness is not natural. It is supernatural and God can give the betrayed partner an extra grace to forgive. I've seen that. The betrayed person needs to be open for this to happen. Uh, otherwise, it wouldn't happen. Uh, while forgiving is not instinctive or easy, God's grace is always sufficient. And But some counseling by a well-trained, God-connected counselor may be very, very helpful as well. David, thank you for joining us here on Faith FM this morning. As always, a, uh, a, a very um, well-researched, wonderful presentation um, and good advice that God gives in the Bible. Um, he never gets it wrong. We'll be back after this song, followed by the 10 o'clock news and then Encounter with God. I know what love is and I want it. I know what love is and I need it. So when I'm deprived, I get tired. I think that's just the way I feel wired. I know how it speaks, I know how it treats me I know it's touch and I need it so much I know it's smile, I know the look in its eyes I know that it's patient, I know that it's kind And I need you, love And I miss you, love And I need you, love How oh, I miss you And I want it. I know what love is, and I need it so. When I'm deprived, I get tired. I think that's just the way I feel wired. I know it believes, I know the hope that it sees. I know it will give its life for me. I know its voice and what is lovely to me. Though nothing stronger, it sounds like a melody. And I need you, love And I miss you, love How I need you, love And I miss you, love Tell me, how do we let you 
To Faith FM, positively different radio. Are you looking for a way to turn your life experience into an enriching gift for helping those around you? A counselling degree at Avondale College of Higher Education could provide you a great foundation to assist others through life's difficulties. Study in a personalised environment alongside a fantastic support network and community on our Lake Macquarie campus. Apply to study counselling today at counselling.avondale.edu.au. It's higher education designed for life. Have you ever been challenged by evolution? Ever struggled to give a reasoned answer for your faith? Or ever felt overwhelmed by the predominance of belief in evolution? Then you need to be at the 2019 Faith and Science Conference. 13 top-level scientists and professors from around the world will be presenting on the most astounding discoveries, completely refuting the theory of evolution. July 16 to 19, Avondale College, Kurumbong, New South Wales. For details, call us now on 1-800-324-843. 